0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Voice of Social Sales. I'm your host, Chelsea Pites, and I'm really, really, really excited today because you know I don't have that many guests, and today is a really special guest for me. It is the one, the only, Chris Smith, who is the author of The Conversion Code, and he also hosts The Water Cooler on YouTube, and he's just an incredible influence in our real estate industry, not only in real estate, but has really extended into sales, in my opinion, everywhere. So really excited to have you on today, Chris. Thank you so much. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of yours too. So excited to be here.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm fangirling. (laughs) Good thing this isn't going to be like on recording because you guys would see me turn bright red right now. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I've been stalking Chris for a long time. I I actually use his book as a textbook with all of my coaching students, and uh, they are all now also fangirls and fanboys of the Chris Smith. So, I wanted to talk about sort of what you're doing lately. Um, If you're not already, watching the water cooler on YouTube, where have you been? You need to get on there because the content that they're dropping is ridiculous. And you need to be aware of what's going on specifically with Instagram. You know, I've done a couple of shows about that, but you have just made a big announcement for curators. Mm-hmm. So talk about what you're doing and why you're moving into the the this world.
1: Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, we, we are digital marketing experts. And what we understand is that tactics are what sort of create your bigger strategy. And no tactic alone is going to probably bring you to the promised land, right? Like you could do email, you could do blogging, you could do Facebook, you could do Snapchat, you could do Instagram. But the magic happens when you sort of do them well, on purpose, consistently with quality. So the reality is this, Chelsea, I know your audience is not basic. Like if your marketing plan does not include instagram right now it's not a 2019 marketing plan like the 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 exodus from facebook went to instagram so like instagram for a long time was not a valid solution for us because they didn't have stories they didn't have links and so we watched it we saw the engagement we saw that it was popular we saw that real estate was doing well there you know what i'm saying like uh, but what we didn't see was like can we get traffic can we get leads can we get sales can we get, call, you know, are calls to action going to turn into customers? And so, stories was the tipping point. Like, Instagram stories are the fastest growing product in the history of Facebook. They sort of single-handedly almost took down Snapchat, even though they copied Snapchat, obviously, to create them. And then, the other thing is there's a generational divide that's starting to happen. Like, my mom's on Facebook and my marketers are on Instagram. You know what I mean? My dad's on Facebook and my dudes over here that work for me are on Instagram. So one of the things that one of our employees said was like, if you want me to see your ad, it's the only place I'll see it. I know my, my wife actually, about 12 months ago, got rid of Facebook and is only on Instagram. Now, I, of course, think all of that is a little hypocritical. Because Facebook owns Instagram, so you didn't even leave. <laughs> you just right. like went down the hall and went into <laughs> a different office. But Instagram is where it's at right now. And here's another reason we launched it, Chelsea. You can get organic engagement. Like people don't remember, but like nine years ago, I used to be able to go to my Facebook page and say, hey, hit like if you're hustling today. And I'll get a thousand likes for free.
0: Yeah. Or
1: comment or click this link. Well, over time, that free engagement went down and then it's kind of built back up pay to play. Now, you can use your profile and you can use groups and you can use Messenger and you don't have to pay for those things. But meaning your business page, if you don't boost those posts, if you don't have an ad spend, it's like screaming into the abyss. No one's going to hear it. So, on Instagram, it's kind of the golden age because You're able to get organic engagement, number one, without having to necessarily do an ad. If 85 people look at your story, that's 85 people that saw it on purpose. The other thing is that Instagram is not just for people in their 20s. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at my insights, my demographics on Instagram are 35 to 55. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, just right in the middle of kind of that home buyer demographic. So part of it was like letting it season a little bit, you know, making sure like legit people were using it. Part of it was the defecting from Facebook based on a lot of the scandals they've been dealing with. Part of it is that you can still get organic engagement at least for now. So let's take advantage of that before that goes away too. But overall, it's just like, let's be honest, Chelsea. There's like four places on the internet you really have to be. You know what I mean? People have to be able to find you through Google if they look. People have to be able to find you on Facebook and Instagram. And beyond that, I don't even know if there's any like must-haves. It's more like if you're doing video, you need YouTube. If you're doing podcasting like this, you also need iTunes. But at the end of the day, as big as the internet is, it's not that big. If you're on Facebook and Instagram and you're doing both of those right, you are reaching most people.
0: I agree. So these are the two questions I get asked all the time. And I'm wondering if you guys are getting this as well. And I think Mm -hmm. you probably are. Mm -hmm. First, I just want to like, again, you guys remember, go back to my Instagram uh, podcast if you want to hear that. But one in five, and this was like a year ago. So Mm -hmm. I imagine it's even higher now. One in five Instagram stories leads to a direct message. Where else in the world right now can you get somebody proactively Mm -hmm. actually talking to you? It's Mm -hmm. crazy. It's totally mind blowing to me how people are using this to talk. And Mm -hmm. so um, the the number one question I get, two questions. How do I grow an Instagram? And Mm -hmm. what do I do? What do I talk about? What's my content? So Mm -hmm. what are you telling people?
1: Yeah, well, your content's pretty simple. It's videos and pictures, right? Because it has to be. And then we look at a great post or a great story having three things, a great image, a great caption, and a great embellishment. So meaning if it's like a good picture of me on stage, plus a little quote in the corner, plus the caption is well written. That's kind of the trifecta. Most people do one of the three. It's a good picture. They don't add a beautiful embellishment or it's a it's a beautiful embellishment in photo and they sort of half-ass the caption. You know, they don't really write great words. But it, it's really not that hard to figure out. The way I've been teaching people is people like faces and people like houses. Right. So, if you were to just say, what should I post? You should post Selfies and you should post homes, and you could even combine them, Chelsea. You could do selfies in front of (laughs) homes. Imagine that, and that's it. But like, think about one listing one listing for most agents, they're gonna have 30 pictures. Mm -hmm. So they could take just the best five pictures, that could be five posts, right? You know what I mean? They could, by the way, coming soon, just listed, open house, just sold. So if you take like the photos. And then you take the like life cycle things that happen. That's like a lot of content right there. You don't have to overthink it. And then if you add to that, like picture of you with the client getting the keys, mm-hmm. picture of you out and about checking out the new restaurant in town, like that, that can kind of complement it. So I would just focus first and foremost on houses and faces. Uh, those are going to be the best too. As far as stories, stories for me is sort of like the lens of my life. And posts are the lens of my legacy. That's the way I try to explain it. So like if somebody, if I were to die tomorrow, and somebody went to look at like who I was and what I stood for and what I taught, and like they would definitely want to look at my posts on Instagram, my posts on Facebook. But if you want to see like, what did I do on spring break last week? Or what did I do yesterday on the weekend? Like that's where I leverage stories a lot. So stories, they're going to come and go. Uh, I think your, your lens of the world are your stories. And then houses and faces are your posts. That's a pretty good place to start. But I don't think people don't have time. Like Chelsea, the people that say they don't have time, they also don't have money. So which one is it? You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: exactly. And you make a good point about the faces though too. And it's interesting that you said, and I watched your video, you were talking about legacy versus life and how Mm -hmm. you're using stories versus the feed. And I will tell you that that's something that I'm just now kind of changing in my Instagram Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. I'm doing more marketing based content in my feed because Mm -hmm. I personally find that I get more people connecting with me from my posts in the feed, which is Mm -hmm kind of weird to me because I, I, I have done stories every day for the last three years. Like if I am not on a story, I'm probably dead. There's something wrong. Yeah, (laughs) Need to send somebody to come find me. Um, but yeah, and I do, and I actually got away from doing all marketing and business in my stories and now it's much more relatable, um, personal, but not private. So to speak, But I like that you said that. So you guys think about what you're putting in your feed versus your stories. And like Chris mentioned, like it, what is your legacy? And, and by the way, it doesn't just have to be house. We don't want to just a feed of just like, Hey, you just listed. Like it has mm-hmm. to be a little bit more than that.
1: Yeah. When it's all listings, they better be beautiful. Right.
0: Right. And yeah. Usually
1: not, you know, unless you're a company or you're like compass, like you probably don't have nothing but an endless stream of beautiful listings. Cause even if you're a top listing agent in a luxury market or in Miami or something, you also probably don't have the volume of listings. Uh, needed to kind of post those every single day. But think about it. Like you have the listing, but then you have the home. Like you have the sink, the the wood floor, Mm -hmm. the view, Mm -hmm. the tile, the fan. Like there's a lot inside a house and you could leverage any of that. Now, as far as growing your following, the way we look at that is two things. You want to create a trickle and a pop, meaning – you want to make sure you're growing, your following a little bit every day. And then you also want to do a few things where you can kind of get a bump in growth. So, one of the strategies is like we sent an email out and we got this idea from Tim Ferriss. His, his best emails of the last 12 months were all links to Instagram. So, like, okay, you know, the same way you guys are watching me and learning. I'm watching people and learning and testing. So, I said, okay, let's try it. So, Jimmy sent an email And the email said, I want to follow you on Instagram. He didn't say, you want to follow me. He said, I want to follow you. He said, hey, I want to make sure I'm following you on Instagram. Here's how this works. Click here and follow me and then reply and let me know you did and I'll follow you. And he got over 300 followers in one email, you know, and those were already people like they might be following him on Facebook. They are already on our email list, but now they're connected to him on Insta. And now on Insta, they might see his posts every day. They might look at his stories every day. So that was a way that we got a pop was a mass email to our database suggesting they follow us and that we would follow them back. Another thing you can do is you can find accounts that are local that have really good following. So like, if I think about that uh, here in my city, I'll try to think off the top of my head here, but like if somebody's following Um, let's say one of the top local doctors in town, right? Like, or let's say they're following like a church, okay? Like one of the nice big churches in a nice area. Well, if the church has 10,000 followers and the majority of the people that go to that church live near and around that church, what I can do is I can go to the church, I can click on their followers and I can start seeing who follows them And I can go in and like a couple of their posts. I can go in and follow them. And if I like a couple of their posts and if I follow them, they're going to get this little burst in their notifications like, hey, Chris, Chelsea just liked two of your photos and she followed you. And the initial instinct for a lot of people is like, well, who the hell is she? So then they go look at your profile and then they see what your feed looks like and they look at your bio and they look at your highlights and then they decide if they want to follow you back or not. And so, that's one of the strategies that can kind of create that trickle. You can go in a couple times a day, go find the people that follow the accounts you wish to follow you, go in and like a couple of their posts, go in and follow them, and all of a sudden, it starts to come back to you. Now, you're not going to get like a one-to-one ratio because they have to want to do it. This is not spam. This is not cheating. This is them literally like clicking your name, seeing your profile, hitting follow back. But even by already following them, the button changes Chelsea, right? It says follow back. It doesn't say follow. So that is how we create a trickle. The email created a pop. But the other thing that we've learned is contests and giveaways kill it. Like that's just popular on Instagram in general. So if you've got a $25 Amazon gift card, if you've got a night out at a popular local restaurant, if you've got tickets to the opening day baseball game of, of the local team, like you can get a pop of followers by doing a contest. Hey, we're giving away these tickets. All you have to do to enter is make sure you're following us. Tag a friend that you think should also follow us and stay tuned because we will be giving this away tomorrow at noon. And all of a sudden, you get like a pop of followers. Now, you could even advertise that contest. That's next level. But even without advertising it, you can get a little pop. So, you have to try is really the key here, Chelsea. I'm sure you've learned and I know you try. And even when you try, it doesn't just go straight up. It's not a rocket ship. It's kind of a slow and steady climb. Um, But hopefully those are some good tips for people because if you don't do what I'm mentioning, you're going to just sort of hover at nothing or you're going to flatline because you'll get a couple, you'll lose a couple, and it won't really grow the way you're probably hoping to.
0: Yeah, and another thing, I love that you said you actually have to try because people ask me, you know, how long did it take you for this? I'm like, well, some days it could take me hours because what I do is Mm – When I'm connecting with people, like those strategies that you just talked about, or when people connect with me and I get Mm -hmm. like a pop, like we've done something and then these people join, Mm -hmm. I actually go through and look at every person's profile Mm -hmm. and I send them a voice message. And I do that on purpose because there's not a lot of people that are out there sending voice messages. And so they get to hear me and I'm like, thank you so much for connecting with me. I'm really Mm -hmm. excited to watch your content, your stories, mm-hmm. if I can ever answer questions. And guess what? Because we're talking, Instagram's like, oh, well, maybe they want to like, you yeah. know, talk more. So we're going to start showing her stuff in their feed and her story yeah. right away. So it's a Do way Do you remember
1: to Twitter talk. in the early days?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's been a long time, but yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Twitter in the early days, people would auto DM every new follower. Right. And it would like, send them a DM. Hey, thanks for following me. Yes, like, but like it was a little spammy. Yeah. Cause it wasn't what you're doing, which is kind of personalized and one-to-one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I say their name and everything. Mm -hmm. And I, it takes a lot of time because if you do a pop and you get a hundred, 200, 300 people, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah, it's going to take a couple hours, but those couple hours are totally worth it for me because then those people go really deep Mm -hmm. With you in that community. So I love those tips. Those were awesome and you're going to continue to drop more tips on your youtube channel So, please make sure that you guys are going there to check out water cooler All right So one of my favorite things about you is that what I I call it your greatest hits You have Mm -hmm. these like little things that help people remember you have little like, you know titles for them So I just kind of wanted to Mm -hmm. go through some of your greatest hits that I really love So I want to talk about your three strategy method and the script that you have for that So tell us what it is and and how you teach that
1: yeah. So, sometimes what happens in life is we we trip over nickels to pick up pennies. And so, we're always overthinking stuff and we're always making stuff harder than it needs to be. So, the three strategy is pretty simple. Every morning when you log on to Facebook, find three friends or family members or people in your network that are also logged in and just send them a quick little Facebook message that says something like, hey, I'm working on a project at work. And I would really value your opinion. Can I pick your brain later today? And like 99 out of 100 times, they'll say, sure. Like they'll feel, oh, you value my opinion. You know, like that's kind of dopamine, right? And so that is going to be a way to get on the phone with people from your network. And then you don't have to overthink what you say. You can say stuff like, hey, we're having people guess their home's value. And then we're going to get back to you in a couple of hours with what it's really worth. And we want to see how close your guess is because those online home website guessers are bad. Like, but you could also say, hey, we're doing a blog post and we're trying to figure out what percentage of people in Charlotte are selling their home this year versus not selling it. Are you thinking of selling it or you guys stay put? Okay, cool. You're staying put? No problem. I'll make sure I send you stuff that's not so real estate centric since you're not moving. So like- the the conversation after it matters, but think about like if you could go fishing in a pond that always got bites, like that's appealing. You know, the reason most people hate to fish is because they don't get a nibble. And when you fish in the pond filled with your friends and family, you get more bites. And all of our customers tell us they get their, you know, business and their referrals from their past clients and sphere. But they don't wake up with any type of strategy to engage them every day. Some of them will do some handwritten notes. Some of them will invite them to like a party occasionally. But this is a way for you to have a couple conversations every single day. And I did the math on it, Chelsea. Let's say two out of the three people reply, okay? okay. So there's 52 weeks a year and there's five business days a week. So that's 260 days. Mm -hmm. And if two people were to reply, that's 520 conversations. I bet most agents in the world don't have that many. And I bet a lot of people listening, they don't even have that many past clients. So then what would that would turn into would be like more of a call per quarter or twice per year where you're checking in with these folks. But you got to get on the phone as much as you get on Facebook. You got to turn Facebook into phone calls. You got to turn Instagram into IRL. You got to turn Snapchat into sales and you're dead on it. You have to do it on purpose. I if you do it that. passively, yes. sometimes it helps. Mm-hmm. But when you do it on purpose, the magic happens.
0: And it's so much easier, I think, to prospect through DMs than, than mm-hmm. even like, you know, people have like a fear of like getting on the phone or I mean, it's so easy. And like what you said, by the way, the mm-hmm. benefit um, now you actually have a blog post to write about. Now yeah. you actually have content to write well, about. Well, and you have a
1: reason to call them again. Hey, just <laughs> want to follow up with you. Remember <laughs> you, the other week we chatted, we actually published, or you could just you could DM them again mm-hmm. and think about it. Think somebody might share something that they help create?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's brilliant. Such an easy strategy. But again, you're right. We try to overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love your three strategy. All right. So what about the, I forgot to ask technique? Yeah.
1: Well, this one's important. What what most people forget about buyer leads is that I think that I I don't want to misquote, but it's about 25 to 30% of people that are a buyer lead have a home they need to sell before they buy. And so, the I forgot to ask strategy is simply surfacing that info. If you knew that three out of every 10 buyer leads were seller leads, you'd treat them better. You know what I mean? People love listings and they love seller leads and they want more listings, but they forget that their buyer leads are actually one of the best possible resources for listings. So what we recommend is like, number one, if you haven't been asking your buyer leads if they have a home to sell, you can kind of go back and use that email. Say, hey, I forgot to ask when you reached out about buying a home, I totally dropped the ball. I forgot to ask if you needed to sell one first. And just that question gets a lot of replies, but then you can bake it into your drip campaigns. Like obviously, if you get a buyer lead, the first kind of question should be, did you want to go look at that home? Did you want me to send you more homes like it? I wouldn't go like buyer lead came in, turn them into a seller lead. But on drip number two, you know, email number two or email number three in an automated sequence, I may actually put that message about I forgot to ask into every campaign. And then all of a sudden, like leads come in, a couple days go by, you build that pipeline up long enough, you almost start getting like one or two replies a day. Like, yeah, I do need to sell. Yeah, I do need to sell. Yeah, I do need to sell. Much more exciting reply than, yeah, we're still looking, but we already have an agent. So, you can turn buyer leads into seller leads and here's the reality Chelsea, the cost to generate a seller lead is infinitely higher than a buyer lead. So, in theory, if you needed to get three seller leads, let's say it cost you 50 bucks a lead, that's 150 bucks for three leads. Mm -hmm. Why not go spend that same 150 bucks, maybe get 300 buyer leads and still get three seller leads. So, it's sort of like pick your poison. You know, people, they want to believe that there's a way to run an ad and get a listing. And we're not sure if that's the case but we know you can run an ad and get a buyer lead and we know some of the buyer leads need to sell. We know those are facts.
0: That's a good point. Okay. So again, to another simple strategy that you've had using Instagram stories, which everybody is using,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is using poll stickers to find motivated people who are out there yeah. thinking about real estate. So tell us that strategy.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty simple technique. And and by the way, don't let me forget to answer that question. But w- when we decided to release Instagram for agents, which we just did last week, we did something a little creative. We're, we're only doing it on Instagram. Like, (laughs) if you go to Twitter, if you go to Facebook, if you're on our email list, if you get our, like, we are literally proving that it goes down in the DM. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't give you the numbers yet, Chelsea, but let's just say we've generated more leads through DMs on Instagram than most people that are watching this will generate the whole Q1. So, like, we wanted to prove it. And so, polls are part of how we're proving it. So, for us, that poll might say, hey, you may have noticed that we're now helping agents with Instagram. Hit yes if you'd like to learn more. Hit no if you're gonna do it yourself. And then all of a sudden, like just those people that hit yes, now we DM them more information. The people that hit no, we can ignore. So, how do you apply that to real estate? Hey, if you're selling your home this year, hit yes. If you're staying put, hit no. Hey, if you're buying a home soon, hit yes. If you already love the home you're in, hit no. And so it just gives people one click and now they've identified whether they're a possible lead or not. It also helps you again, send better information to the people that aren't going to transact soon. Unfortunately, Chelsea, for this industry, there's some gifts in the curse in real estate. A gift is that people love homes on social. That's a gift. Like, you know, some people sell ice cream. People don't love ice cream on social. You know what I'm saying? Some people sell bicycles. People don't love bicycles on social. People like pets and food and cars and houses. And we're one of those four. So we should feel very lucky that we know that. But at the same time, you know, 95% of people don't do a real estate deal every year. So it's the gift and the curse. It's like, the five, how do we figure out the 5% of the people we know that are going to transact without repelling the 95% that aren't. Mm -hmm. So these polls are a way to do that.
0: That's awesome. And so easy. And people like it. They like to tap on things when they're on Instagram. So just use it. It's really, really easy. Okay. So um, I want to talk about emails because you are are really good at like coming up with email strategies and subject lines that actually generate Mm -hmm. people, you know, looking at your email and then, you know, doing something with it, not just deleting it. So- Um, You know, what, can you share with us like some of either the subject lines or the types Mm -hmm. of emails that you have seen that are actually working, that are getting, you know, referrals and reviews, which people, Mm -hmm. you know, hello, social proof. We need that. But they say all the time, well, we don't know how to get reviews Mm -hmm. and and they're not making it easy for clients. So talk a little bit about your email strategies.
1: Yeah. I think overall the strategy people should consider using that they're not is pull, not push. Mm -hmm. So when you have a listing, right? Let's say you got a new listing and it's $300,000 and you got buyers in your database that are looking for $300,000 homes. Certainly tempting to just push the listing to them, right? Say, hey, here's a listing, here's a listing, here's a listing. What we do sometimes instead is we pull. We say, hey, we've got a listing that's in this price range would you be interested in seeing the pictures? So then it requires a reply. And then they say, yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Okay, cool. Here it is. Versus if you just put all the info and all the pictures and the link and everything in that first message, you're right. You might get it open, you might get a click, but you don't get that conversation starter, which is really where the secret's at. So that's one way to do it is sort of, hey, we just wrote an article about why selling your home this year is a big mistake or it might be if you are selling your home this year let us know and we'll send you the link if not have a no we don't say that but you know what I'm saying we're giving people the ability to reply and pull the information out of us mm-hmm. we're not just always pushing it to them so that's one way the other way is brevity Chelsea brevity. So when you, when you write these big long emails with like multiple paragraphs, multiple images, if it kind of looks like a blog post, that's not what we're used to in our inbox. So as soon as I get like, call it two, three, 400 words, I I just, I'm out. Like we don't send each other, like you emailed me about being on the show. You didn't write a three paragraph email. No. You're like, Hey Chris, I'm a fan. I'd love to have you on. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's do it. Like our emails back and forth combined weren't 500 words. Meanwhile, (laughs) a lot of email marketing is this like huge, you know, write up about the the local area. It's like a newsletter. That's Mm -hmm. what they call it. Like an Mm -hmm. e-newsletter,
0: which
1: definitely be okay if I never heard that term ever again. So there was a technique I taught in my book called the nine word email. And this is another way To basically get people to reply who really want your services right now. And the reason it works is because the subject line is so simple. Quick question. Chelsea, would you rather open an email that said quick question or long question?
0: (laughs) Quick question every time.
1: (laughs) So like quick question. And then the email, the rule is you can't put more than nine words, okay? There's a guy named Dean Jackson that invented this technique and it's helped a ton of people make a ton of money. So the quote, like if curator sent it, it would be like, are you still thinking about hiring curator? That would be the whole message. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be like, because we made the ink list and we can help you with Instagram and we rock and we just got a new review you haven't read. And we just hired this guy from HubSpot in Boomtown and he's making our salt. Like when you try to put everything in the email, you don't really give people an opportunity to respond. Instead, if you just say, are you still buying a home soon? You get 80% no, 20% yes. Same concept, are you thinking of selling your home soon? So, when you ask sort of like simple kind as we used to do a seller campaign that said, uh, because you know, most home sellers think their home is the best. They think it's better than the neighbors. They think it has the best yard and the best this and oh, we did all these upgrades and everybody thinks their home is the best. So, we tried to lean into that and say, hey, what makes your home better than the other homes in the neighborhood? And we would get replies. We would get a decent amount of people replying because everybody wants to say how great their home is but we mixed that up. We thought, you know what, let's use the concept but let's make it an easier thing to answer. So, we changed it and it said on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the current condition of your home? And so, now I just have to reply and put ten or put nine. And what would happen is people would reply, they'd say 10, and then they'd write a paragraph about why. Mm -hmm. They'd reply and they'd say eight, and then they'd explain why it was an eight. But by just asking for a number on a scale of one to 10, we got like probably 10 times the replies than when we asked for like a statement. We've been using this lately as well. We have a thing where it's like, hey, if you're like me, you know, you're making plans right now. And your plans probably include one of four things. One, you're staying put and you're doing nothing. 2 you're selling your home. Three, you're fixing it up. Four, you want to invest in a property. Which of those four, one through four, is your situation? Because I want to send the best information to you that's relevant. And all of a sudden, Chelsea, people reply, four, we're thinking of investing this year. Three, we're staying put this year. One, we're buying a home soon. So, it's kind of the gamification of email, right? Like, I don't know how many emails you get per day. But I literally just did a training on how to avoid getting emails like, you know, like unroll.me and
0: unsubscribe and the Canadian
1: spam laws and the GDPR (laughs) and like people are like consumers are going to win here. I mean, when people call me now, Chelsea, it says spam on the phone. It says telemarketer. Like those things were not true just when I wrote the conversion code one. Mm -hmm. So things do change and ultimately consumers are going to win. And consumers don't like a lot of the stupid automated tactics agents use.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So you also have, uh, you made a a video about the three things you should never post on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So what are those?
1: (laughs) Well, this is, you know, people can do whatever they want to do. I'm just saying for me personally, I have grown an over $10 million a year business doing it the way I do it. Mm -hmm, So, I'm not really looking for advice. I'm more so giving advice on how I do it and what's best for me and what's been best for me works. Mm -hmm. So, there's things that I don't post. Like, I don't post about politics. Yeah, Like, I have never once posted anything. In fact, I have people guessing during the workshop I gave if they thought I was a Democrat or a Republican and it was, it was sort of pretty even responses because people weren't sure and think about all your friends online you could probably say right away oh Trump never yeah. Trump Trump ne-, right whatever it is people tend to usually love to talk about politics I just personally don't the other thing I never talk about is sports now let me be clear I watch politics I like sports but that's not the legacy I'm building. And I'll tell you why I'm not an expert at politics and I'm not an expert athlete. I mean, I know that might be hard to believe, you know, when you look at me, but I'm short and slow and white and I suck at sports. So like, I'm not an expert. I like watching it. I like watching the NCAA tournament. I'm just not sure that my opinion of Zion Williams matters because there's so many other people that are smarter about Duke that are smarter about basketball than me. I want to give opinions that I'm the best at. And usually you're not the best or you're not the smartest at a lot of stuff. So I stay in my lane. I know I'm really good at sales, really good at marketing. And that's what I want to be known for. I don't want to be known as a good dad. I know I am one. I don't if people think I'm a good husband. One person I care if thinks that, right? My wife. So like I'm not using social media to impress anyone. I'm using it to attract people that are interested in sales or marketing. Now, if you're a local realtor, it's trickier because a lot of times they'll say, well, I know the real estate market in Charleston better than anyone. And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like very few people care. Now, if you know more about Charleston than anyone, if you know more about the streets and the potholes and the roads and the restaurants and the politics and the taxes, now you're onto something. But you want to identify what you're the best in the world at. And I, I don't post pictures of my family you know, I will do stories occasionally where I'll, and food, Chelsea, Jesus. I'm eliminating all the most popular stuff. Yeah. Everybody posts pictures of their family, their political opinion. They post what their sports team doing and what they're eating. Right. And I just decided a couple of years ago, I'm not going to post any of that. Another thing I never post is I never complain. Mm. That's the other thing everybody posts. The mm-hmm. other thing I never post is I don't brag. Yeah. I brag about accolades. I brag about business success because that's my purpose of using this stuff. So, I want people to see that my business is successful because I owe it to them to see that. But I'm not out here showing off my money and my mansion and my girls and my crystal. Like, I don't know. I'm not a rapper. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm a regular dude. So, like, what I try to put out is I try to put stuff out that is appealing to me that I would want to follow. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Gary Vee's kids. I'm glad he never posts them. I don't care about his wife. I don't care about his dinner. I don't care about his opinion of the draft. I don't. I love his advice about business and social. And so that's kind of what I try to do. Like there's this guy. He's a brilliant guy. His name is Russell Brunson. Mm-hmm. He started a company called ClickFunnels. Right. He's a young guy. He's crazy successful. I think he's very smart. I followed him for two days and had to unfollow him because it was like 80 stories behind the scenes of him and his family. And while I know a lot of coaches have probably told people, hey, be yourself, post what's really happening in your life. What's really happening in your life is completely uninteresting to most people. And I'm just self-aware about that. People will put up with the picture of the sunset if you give them all the other stuff. People will put up with Gary Vee talking about the Jets because of all the other stuff. What most people don't have is the other stuff. And i tell people, just do the tombstone test. What do you want on your tombstone? I want my tombstone to say business legend. I want to be the next Disney. You know, I'm in Orlando. There's not a lot of famous business people that come out of Florida, that come out of Orlando. Like, I want to be one of the most famous business people in the history of this state. And I think I can be. But that's not going to happen because I had a filet mignon that was medium rare that was cooked real good. So, show that stuff if you feel the need to scratch that itch. That's what's so great about stories. You know, they disappear. They come and go. And I do share a little bit of that stuff through stories. But if you were to go look at my Twitter feed, if you look at my Facebook feed, if you look at my Instagram feed, if you're on my email newsletter, it is insanely focused and I, I prefer it that way.
0: Well, I think, you know, what you're talking about is like, you're, that's your brand. You are focused on that thing. And, you know, you hear people talk about it all the time, even in real estate, having sort of a niche, an area, whatever your expertise is, your expertise happens to be really big business, you know, legend is big and that's Mm -hmm. awesome. So I,
1: but I don't, Chelsea, I'm not even sure if I'm good at business yet. I just know I'm good (laughs) at sales and marketing. You are. I don't even know if I'm good at customer service. (laughs) I don't even know if I'm a good manager. manager. Depends on the week, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I just, I just try to be. I'm not a smart guy. I'm from a very small place. I grew up in the country. I didn't have good grades. I failed out of college. My name is Chris Smith. I don't have a business degree. I, I, I'm not that smart. So I just feel like if I can do it, other people can too.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, you got to be focused. Like, let's be honest, Chelsea. Part of the reason that your brand has grown, part of the reason you're on stage at Inman is because you were so focused. Right. Oh, yeah. And you might have even focused on the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like the wrong thing. You went really deep into Snapchat. Absolutely.
0: But because
1: you were so focused, people were like, oh my God, we got to get her to come teach this. She knows more about that than anybody. Like you said, you've been posting stories for three straight years. So you're focused and that's why it's working. To me, if you look at the people that you admire and you look at what do they do and then you go self audit your stuff. That's where I usually find the people I look up to and admire are very focused and the people that I don't really keep up with are all over the place. They're trying to be a little bit of everything and they end up not being anything.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. You can't you can't do it all. You can't be like a master of, of all of it, because then mm-hmm. you're just going to fall short. So um, really, really good. I think we've covered uh, so much stuff. And I mean, we're just getting to the tip of the iceberg. So I just want to say thank you so much again for, for joining me on the show today. Where can people find you if they don't know who you are, which I find hard to believe, but if yeah. they don't and they want more of you, what is that? Yeah. Please, for them.
1: Well, let me let me just bring that up because people say yeah. that a lot. I appreciate it. I really do yeah. appreciate it. But this is something people need to wrap their heads around. No one likes you. No one. They like what you do for them mm-hmm. because I'm going to be honest, Chelsea. Over the summer last year, I did a little experiment. I took 100 days off. That's a lot, as you know. Yeah. You said you know for that somebody is. like me or you. Right. I took over 100 days off, and I didn't post anything. Mm -hmm. And guess how many people reached out to me and said, Hey, you're not posting anything. Very few, like two people. You know what I'm saying? So that, that for me has been like, one of the secret sauces for me is that I'm self-aware enough to know that no one actually likes me. They like what I do for them. Mm -hmm. And so that's why my whole feed is just like giving. Yeah. Yeah. And very rarely do I take now, If people want to find me right now, guess where they got to go, Chelsea? They got to go to Instagram (laughs) because it is the only place we're using until (laughs) the end of this month. Chris Smith Curator, you'll find me over there. If you guys go to curator.com, you can find all of our social handles. But we're really active there. And uh, like you mentioned, the water cooler. Uh, This week, Chelsea, you're going to love this. This week, we're doing the water cooler all about Instagram ads. Oh, nice. And we are only airing it live on Instagram. Oh, that's awesome. So so normally we do like Facebook live and then we put it on YouTube and we get a lot of people that watch our show every week. Well, we're doing it on IG live only. So that would be kind of my advice as we wrap up here is like, get outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Try something new. Like we decided to go all in on Instagram for 11 days and the results have been phenomenal but there's probably times where I would have like pushed back against that idea because it wasn't good enough or it wasn't proven enough so Instagram is the best place to find me right now that's for sure
0: I love it that's where I send everybody to I'm like find find me on Instagram go to my link in the bio yeah so yeah. that's Well, good job. You guys have definitely been killing it over there. So thank you again so much. And I will drop all of your information in the show notes so that people can find you, buy your book and uh, connect with you on all the socials, but especially Instagram. So thanks so much for coming on today. I appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Chelsea.
0: See you later. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to The Voice of Social Sales. If you'd like to connect with me on all the socials, you can find me by my name at chelsea.pites, that's P-E-I-T-Z. You can also check out my website, chelseapites.com, for more information. And I'd love it if you subscribe and share the show out to those who need to hear it.